Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Yo, what's up, friends and fam? So good to see you today. Thanks for crashing a party, being with us uh, on a Sunday in the house here in Winston. For everybody watching online, uh, thanks for being with us today. We wish you were here, but we're glad you're there. Uh, So come here anytime you can. We'd love to to see you in person, get to worship with you. Uh, I know Christmas is is coming, uh, but I got to just for a real quick second. I know this is a safe space. This is a judgment-free zone. Can I just be a Grinch for like one minute? I was going to do it anyway, so it doesn't matter. I don't know why. I don't know why I asked. Uh, yesterday, I was in the car near Haynes Mall Boulevard <laughs> and uh, Stratford Road. Nothing will, will rob you of your Christmas joy like Haynes Mall Boulevard and Stratford Road right now. It is a God-forsaken area of Winston-Salem. <laughs> he has for sure forsaken it. And um, man, it's... It's just busy right now. I don't know. I don't want to go back to that side of town between now and Christmas. I don't. Uh, but everything's busy right now. I mean, you can't go into a restaurant without standing in line. Um, the, the, the checkout lines and all the stores wrapping around the building. Uh, you, got, you got to wait forever on that. Traffic is bad. Uh, even our houses are, are like busier and, and cluttered right now. We got Christmas decorations. The problem with Christmas decorations is though, you didn't take all of your current decorations and put them away. You just piled Christmas on top of it. Uh, so like everything is cluttered and, and busy. The crazy thing about it though is uh, during this time of year, Christmas, Christ, must, our busyness can actually like push Jesus out of the whole reason that we celebrate this season. You ever notice that? Like we can get so busy with the travel, so busy with the dinners and the parties and the decorations and the presents and everything that we have going on that we can completely miss Jesus. We can travel so much that we can leave Jesus at home. We can, we can get so consumed with the shopping that we miss the Savior, even though his name is in the name of the holiday. Isn't that amazing how that happens? I was, uh, read a quote from a book called The Celebration of Discipline. I thought it was really pertinent to where we are right now. Here, here's what the author says. In contemporary society, our adversary majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. If Satan can keep us engaged in muchness and manyness, then he will rest satisfied. And, and there's no time of year where that is more prevalent than Christmas. Is it possible that all of the travel, all of the partying, all of the eating, all of the festivities, all of the busyness in the shopping actually pushes us further away from Jesus during the month of the year where we should be focused on Jesus the most. I hate to admit it, but we're no different than the very first Christmas. Thousands of years have passed and not much has changed. Because on the very Christmas, if you, if you can remember it, uh, here's the setting, here's the scene that unfolded. Uh, Caesar Augustus did a decree across the entire Roman Empire that they were going to do a, a census. They were going to count everyone in the Roman Empire. And so here's how he was going to do it. He was going to make every male go back to the hometown that they were born in. 
And, and there, whatever family you had, if you were married, you brought your wife. If you had kids, you brought them too. You would travel to your hometown and they had the census. You filled out all of the paperwork that, that, that was there. And so Mary and Joseph brought Mary, a very pregnant Mary. This girl's about to pop. Uh, they roll up to Bethlehem. She's riding on a donkey and, and they get there along with every other male that was born in Bethlehem ever that was still alive. And you can imagine, like the Bible tells us, that the rooms were packed. There was no room in any hotel, motel, or holiday inn anywhere. They couldn't find it. The, the businesses were opened early and stayed late just to accommodate the people that were there. You could not get a reservation at a restaurant. You were on your own for that. And it was just, it was busy. It was busy, just like, sound familiar? Just like it is today. And so in the midst of, of that story, uh, Luke is going to tell us something and, and, and give us a, an aspect of the Christmas story that the other gospel authors didn't. And, and he's going to talk about some of the first people, the very first people that heard the message of Jesus. The world was so busy at the time that Jesus was born and there were some people that heard the message and some people that didn't hear the message even though Jesus was born right, right underneath their, their nose. And in Luke chapter two, we see in verse six, once Mary and Joseph got to the overcrowded little town of Bethlehem, it says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for, for them. The whole town of Bethlehem missed the most significant event that would happen in their lifetime. The first Christmas, not unlike probably almost every Christmas after that, was so busy, so hectic, so scattered for so many people that Bethlehem missed Jesus. The innkeeper did not know that Jesus was born. The next door neighbors did not hear the cry of Jesus as a newborn kid. No one knew. The mayor of Bethlehem did not get a birth announcement. Uh, the, the people that ran the temple, the, the pastors and the preachers, they didn't know that Jesus was born. Uh, no one knew. Caesar Augustus was not informed of it. The, the rich and talented and powerful influencers in Bethlehem were not notified. Despite Jesus being born right there in their midst, even the people that were hurrying around the city, buying stuff and trying to find a place and doing the paperwork and just living a very busy life, totally missed what was going on right in front of them. But Luke says that the birth announcement of Jesus did not go totally unnoticed. There were actually one group of people that were notified, one group of people that, that paid attention, one group of people that did not miss the fact that the Son of God had entered the world as a baby and as a human. In, in Luke, I can tell you, like I can imagine he had a smile on his face when he wrote this next words down. When he, when he followed up with Jesus being born and he tells us who were the first people to actually hear and get the birth announcement. And the reason why I think he was smiling is because the first people to hear were a group of outsiders. They were outcasts, just like him. They weren't religious people. They weren't people that hung out in the church when the son of God was born. The pastors weren't the first ones to know about it. It didn't happen inside of a temple. It happened in a small town in the middle of nowhere. And almost everyone of significant missed it, except for these guys 
the shepherds. And so the birth of Jesus is what I want to ask you to do today. I want you to get your notebook. I don't know if you got a notebook last week, uh, but let me issue you a challenge. Uh, we have these at, at the exits uh, to the auditorium. You can grab them on your way out. But we're doing 24 straight weeks in the book of Luke. Uh, we're going from cradle to grave and then plot twist out of the grave. Uh, Jesus, that's how the book ends, spoiler alert. And uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to preach 24 messages through the book of Luke. There's 24 chapters in the book of Luke. Do the math. That's one chapter every Every week. And so if you're late to the party, good news, we started last week with chapter one. So you can read chapter one, cram it in today, and then this week we're reading chapter two. I'm reading half of it for you, like a little teaser. And so, uh, man, get, get on board with us because uh, at the end of 24 weeks, man, I hope this will be a resource for you that will help you study the book of Luke and uh, grow in your relationship with Jesus. But here's the first in, in verse eight, the very first people that hear about the birth of of Jesus. Luke writes this, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Good news, very first sermon announcing Jesus's birth. There's good news that will bring great joy for, listen to this, all people. Now, I think there's four things. I want you to jot these things down if you're taking notes. Four things that we see that, that, is, that is really the faith of the shepherds. Like, I want to challenge you on this. These are, these are some of the very first people that believed that Jesus had been born, that, that put their faith in the fact that the Son of God was born in Bethlehem. And there's four, th- four ways that I'm really challenged by their faith. I want to show you what real faith is this morning. The first one is right there in that message when it says, we've got good news of great joy for all people. Here's the first thing that I want you to get. So important. Real faith is available to anyone. Real faith. Jesus was born, not just for a few people. The angels didn't say, hey, we got good news of great joy for a few people, for certain people, for religious people, for the right people, for the people that are on the inside, for the people that do all the right things. Nope. The Bible says real joy, real news. It's great for all people. Real faith was open for all people. And it's obvious because the shepherds were the one that heard it. So Gabriel, imagine Gabriel shows up. Gabriel is always the angel that delivers the good news. Anytime God has a message that he wants to get out, he taps Gabriel. In 2022, Gabriel runs God's social media page. Any kind of, any kind of message that needs to get out to the masses, Gabriel is in charge of it. And so this angel shares with the shepherd this great news. And, and look at what the Bible says. The Bible says that the shepherds were working in the middle of the night outside. And it goes even further. It's not that they were just working. The scriptures say that they were living in the fields. Shepherds would be the modern day equivalent of a homeless person in Winston-Salem that does odd and end jobs just to make money. These shepherds had no place. They were living outside in a field, working the night shift. Nobody wants to work at 1 a.m. Like, These people were the outcasts. They were on the outside of society. The uneducated, not wealthy, not very smart, didn't have all of their ducks in a row, maybe made some mistakes in their life, and they're homeless just trying to earn a living so that they can eat something. 
And God sends the birth announcement to them. You want to know why? Because real faith is for anyone. It is for anyone that would be open to it. Anyone that would receive the gifts. I love the fact that the shepherds were told first because when I read this story, it's so easy to relate to. What if Jesus' birth announced happened in the temple where only the religious Jewish people could hear it? Guess who that counts out? You and me. But the fact that the message was shared with outsiders that didn't even have a house, didn't even have any kind of pull, weren't rich, weren't connected, weren't powerful, goes to show me that the same message of Jesus's birth that was given to them is still applicable to us today. Because after all, isn't that what the message of Jesus is all about? God came down to meet you right where you are, right where they were, right where they were doing what they do every day. Ordinary people working ordinary jobs on an ordinary day and God busts up in the middle of all of that and said, Jesus has been born. Why? Why did he tell the shepherds? Because real faith is for anyone. Real faith was the moment that God stepped in and says, hey, I wanna invite the outsiders to become insiders because anybody can join the team. The next part of this message is like the, the angel continues the sermon, like his very, very first message preached about Jesus's birth. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host, lots of angels appeared with the angel given the message, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has, has told us about. Second thing, if, if real faith is open to anyone, here's the second thing that I want you to write down. The shepherds prove it. This like like very first people that had faith in the message of Jesus. Number two, real faith does something. Real faith doesn't just believe something, doesn't just hear something. Real faith does something. Real faith is always accompanied by actions. I would argue that if your belief in Jesus does not result in your life being changed, then I'm not real sure you believe in Jesus. If your life is not different post-Jesus than it was pre-Jesus, I don't know if you know Jesus. Like, I don't know if you have a relationship with him. Because everywhere Jesus went, when people encountered him, their life was changed. So here's the scene. The, the angel approaches the shepherds, appears, preaches a powerful message. There's a couple of sentences, a couple of verses. Thousands of years people have been waiting on this baby to be born. The savior of the world, the son of God is here. Here's how you're going to, they tell him what Jesus is going to be wearing and what he's, where he's going to be. Go and find him. And then the Bible says that all of a sudden in the air, thousands of angels appear singing this song over and over and over again. Now I want you to think about that. Thousands of angels. If you and I, imagine what that would have sounded like. If you and I meet someone that has a really great singing voice, what do we say? They had the voice of an angel, right? Now imagine that times thousands. I mean, combination between Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, uh, Michael Buble, you know, whatever. Put them all together. Those are the backup singers. 
Like that, that's how good this is. Like singing out to, to Jesus, like proclaiming this message that Jesus has, has been born. And it's really important to understand as soon as the worship service was over, message is done, the last song is sung. Here's what the Bible doesn't say. The Bible doesn't say that the shepherds just sat there and leaned back and said, wow, did you hear that sermon? Oh, that was so good. Did you hear when that one girl angel hit that high note? Oh, that was great. And they leaned back and did nothing and just talked about what they had seen. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, as soon as the angels left, the shepherds said, get up, let's go. We're going to Bethlehem. We gotta figure it out. We gotta see this for ourselves. Real faith involves actions. Real faith doesn't talk about it. Real faith is about it. So how about your faith? Do you have real faith? Has it moved to action? Because the, the shepherds, once they heard the message of Jesus, it was impossible for them to do nothing. They had to get up and do something. They had to go and check out what this was all about. They were the first people to believe, to have faith that a savior had been born and his name was Jesus. And as soon as they heard that message, they got up. Why? Because real faith says it's time to stop talking about it and time to start being about it. That's what the shepherds do. They modeled that, that real faith. Verse 16, it says, so they, so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. So they, they hurried off. Uh, the message uh, paraphrase says they left running. The shepherds left running as fast as they could. ESV says they went with haste. NLT says they hurried. The hipster Bible says they jumped on their electric scooters and rode to Bethlehem. They hurried. As soon as they heard it, they ran. They didn't wait around. They didn't stop. They didn't do any of that. Why? Because real faith leads to action. Number three, check this out. Real faith changes your priorities. Real faith changes your priorities. It changes what you care about. It changes what you do. It changes what you talk about. It changes how you spend your time and how you spend your money. Your time, talent, treasure, resources, all of that is changed when you have real faith. Now, I don't know if you read the Bible like I read the Bible, but I'm reading this verse and there's one blaring thing that comes out to me in verse 16. These men were shepherds. They lived at their job. You wanna talk about somebody that's dedicated to the job when they live at the office. They lived in the field. They worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just take turns sleeping. They were dedicated to their job. And then his verse, verse 16, it says, they hurried and went to see Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. Now, if I'm on the scene and I'm Joseph and I see these shepherds come up, one thing pops into my mind. If you guys are here, who's watching the sheep? Because this is a big swing right here. Like, like you were all in, employee of the month as a shepherd, never leaving the job site. And then all of a sudden, you hear one message and one song, that must've been a really good song, and you just leave? You're just like, forget these sheep? I can find another job. <laughs> like, like, I don't care nothing about these sheep. That's what happens when you meet Jesus. It changes your priorities. You can't be the same. They went from dedicated to employees to I can go find another job. 
Jesus became the most important thing in their life. They ran as fast as they could to meet Jesus. Here's what happens, man. When, when you learn who Jesus really is and you have real faith, then nothing else in your life compares to it. Everything that you thought you loved pales in comparison. Everything that you thought life was all about, everything that you like to do and say and the hobbies that you like to spend time and money on, like everything in your life changes. That's what happens when these shepherds, they saw and they heard this message and all of a sudden their life did a 180 and they hurried. Jesus changes everything. Real faith means you have different priorities. You think, you talk, you act, you spend differently once Jesus steps into the equation. And that is modeled out in, in these shepherds' life. Man, that's real faith right there. That's challenging, challenging to us. Last two verses, verse 17. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd had told them. Last thing I want you to get about this. This is big. This is big for us, especially this time of year. Number four, uh, real faith isn't kept a secret. Real faith isn't kept a secret. The Bible says that as soon as those shepherds saw Jesus, they systematically told every single person that they ran into. They told everyone, any family, friends, complete strangers, told everyone, you're not going to believe this, heard a sermon, thousand angels, ran, there's a baby over there, born in a barn with wrapped in cloths, like don't even have real clothes. It's crazy. Mary, Joseph, kid's name's Jesus, savior of the world, son of God. She was a virgin. I'll explain later. Like crazy stuff, telling everybody because that's what happens. When you have real faith, it's not selective in who we share it with. Like it, it, it's not a secret that we keep. We tell everybody. I, I read a story this week, uh, about something that happened with Mercedes-Benz in uh, 1959. Mercedes-Benz started doing something that, that no one ever thought a luxury car company would do. They started taking their cars and driving them as fast as they could and running them into concrete walls. And, and inside the front seat, they would put these um, mannequins made of hard plastic and inside the mannequin's body were uh, computer chips and sensors. And what they were doing is they, they, were, they were testing the reaction on the human body that happens in a car accident. And so every time they would run this car into the wall, these engineers and scientists would get this, these readings and these technologies of what happens with the whiplash and how the body and, and, and is affected. And, and for years, they spent millions of dollars in this research. It's where we get crash test dummies now and, and five-star safety ratings. But as a result of all of this, the engineers at Mercedes-Benz uh, came up with a, a game-changing invention. They invented the airbag. So you didn't, you didn't even know that, but if your car has an airbag, you're basically driving a Mercedes. Like you can start believing that, like that's it. And that's where it came from. And then something crazy happened. They took this technology that, that would have allowed them to outpace all of their competition. 
I mean, they, they could have advertised this as the safest car that's ever been made. And they could have published the research that says, this is what happens to your neck and to your head and shown the pictures of the, of the crash test dummies that their, their face had been beaten up by, by them hitting the windshield and hitting the steering wheel. And they say, you don't even wanna buy any of those cars. You know what the engineers at Mercedes-Benz did? They took that technology and the invention of the airbag and they gave it for free to every major car company in the world. A national news agency sat down with the lead engineer that invented the airbag and asked him a basic question. Why did you take something that you all spent so much time researching, invested millions of dollars in, and it could have put all of these other companies out of business? Why did you take that and give that to every other car company in the world? And his response was simple, because some things are too important not to share. Some things that would save millions of lives are too important not to share. You wanna know why the shepherds told everybody about the message of Jesus? Because some things in life are too important not to share. The way that it could change someone's life, the way that it could help them find what they've been looking for for years. Some things are just too life-changing, too important, too significant to keep a secret. And real faith knows that. And those shepherds told everyone that they came into contact with. They knew it's just, it's just too good. It's too good. Savior's been born, baby. It's gonna change the world. It's the son of God and you, you need to know about it. I, I love that last part because the last phrase in the, in the verse says this, and all who heard it were amazed. Why all? Because real faith is for anyone. Every single person that heard the story stepped back and was like, wow, what does this mean? What does this mean for me? What does this mean for the world? This is great news. It's incredible. The hope and the peace and the joy that can be found in, in Jesus. Hey, I wanna challenge you on something. Um, if the Bible says that real faith is for anyone, then anyone includes you. That might be the first time you've ever heard that, 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 that God had a plan for, for you, an opportunity for you to have real faith, an outsider. Maybe you haven't been to church in a long time. Maybe you're not the church type. Maybe you're not religious at all. Good, welcome to your part of the story where God revealed the birth announcement to the least religious people around, the outsiders, the shepherds, and he gave them an opportunity to believe. Incredible. Here's what I wanna challenge you to do. Uh, if you're a follower of Jesus in here right now, man, it's time to put our faith into action. Did you know that Christmas is the one time of year where people are most apt to attend a worship service if they were invited? Uh, out of any other time, like people are thinking right now, I don't go to church, I'm not involved in a church, but like it's Christmas, Christ must, all right? It's probably a good idea to go to church. And statistically speaking, more people would say yes to an invitation if they were asked right now than any other time. Man, would you be bold this week? Would you do like the shepherds and, and not keep the secret a secret? Man, would you, just, would you just be willing to invite someone? Hey, our church is having a service on Christmas Eve. Like, I'd love to meet you. We got cookies and crafts and family stuff. And, and like, I'll sit with you. I'll meet you out front. Like, I, I, like, you don't have to be alone. Like, do you just want to come and crash the party? Hey, we, we do it every Sunday. If you can't make it Christmas Eve, you want to come on Sunday? 
and just invite them. You never know what God wants to do. God invited the shepherds to be a part of his story and he took outsiders and made them insiders and they never got over it. That could be your friend. That could be your coworker. That could be your neighbor, a family member of our, and, and the only thing they need is a simple invitation. Man, would you do that today? Uh, last week, we, we gave away over, over 40 of the gift bags for people that, that picked them up and said, hey, I got questions about Jesus. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I wanna know who this Jesus guy is. And, and we gave out and we had people asking about it. Well, we got more bags at both of the entrances and exits to the auditorium. Hey, if that's you and you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with him, but you're like, hey, if, if the invitation is open to the shepherds, then maybe I got a shot then I'd love for you to grab one of those bags. It's a, it's a four chapter book written by an atheist who was researching who Jesus was in an attempt to write a book that discredited Jesus. And the more he learned about Jesus, the more he realized, dude's legit, he's real. And it really happened and God changed his life, brought a skeptic, an outsider to become an insider. And he's written books that have changed people's perspective on Jesus. So many people have met Jesus and begun a relationship because of that book. And I wanna put that in your hand. But I actually wanna ask you to go a, a, a step further. If right now God is speaking to you in a similar fashion as those shepherds, God sent a dude to give a message. And then you sang some songs about who Jesus is and the savior of the world being born. And just like the shepherds, Right now, you got an opportunity to respond. You got an opportunity to say, hey, I believe I can have a real faith. If it's for anyone, then I can have real faith and I can move to action. Here's what I wanna ask you to do, man. I know this is a big decision, but would you do me a favor? There's a card right in front of you in the seat back. Would you do me a favor and just write your name on it? And there's a box at the top that says, I wanna begin a relationship with Jesus. Here's what I'm gonna do. When we sing the last song, I'm gonna run underneath downstairs and I'm gonna come up and I'm gonna be standing at the connection bar at the end of the service. I'm gonna be standing here, Jason behind me, he serves on our senior leadership team. David and Margaret are gonna be standing back there at the connection bar. Hey, if you got questions about Jesus and you wanna know what real faith is, I, want, I don't want you to leave without talking to us. Man, let me, let me introduce you to who Jesus is, the man that changed my life. Let me tell you what it means to have a real relationship with him. Let me show you what it means to have your life changed and be an outsider walking in that leaves an insider that now can invite other people into the story. That's who God is. That's what God has done in my life, in Jason's life, in David and Margaret's life, in so many people in this room's life, in their life today. And I wanna tell you about it. Jesus can change your life today. He's the same. God that he was 2000 years ago, still giving people an invitation to join the family. I'm telling you, it's the best decision I've ever made. And if Jesus can do it for these shepherds and Jesus can give this guy an opportunity to be a part of the family and to go all in with him, then he can do it with you too. And I'd love today to be the opportunity that you get to make that next decision and take that next step. So as I pray and we sing that last song, man, would you just, would you just be willing to listen to God and do what he says? Would you, would you just be willing to take a minute and say, all right, God, what do you want me to do? What's my next step? I wanna know you. I wanna have a real faith. I wanna have a relationship with you. Man, if you love us that much and you care for us that much, I, I wanna take the next step. Would you, would you take that next step 
and uh, come in and meet us at the Connection Bar after the service, man. We'd love to celebrate with you, answer any questions that you have and tell you about who Jesus really is. Sound good? Hey, for those of you that are followers of Jesus, would you just pray for me, uh, pray with me right quick? Let's pray for the people in the room that are gonna take that next step today, that are gonna make that decision uh, to take that card and to walk back to that table and learn about the man that changed your life and mine and that their life would be changed as well. Let's pray together. God, thanks for, for this story. Outsiders becoming insiders. People that didn't deserve it to be invited into the family. God, that's what the story's all about. The God of the universe coming to us in the midst of an ordinary life and ordinary people and an ordinary job and mixing things up, changing people's lives from the inside out. Uh, so God, would you, would you just continue to speak to people right now that, that you are calling to take that next step, people that hear and understand maybe that the invitation and a gift has been extended to them for the very first time. And God, I pray that you would just give them the boldness and the clarity to take the next steps, um, that, that you have come to meet them where they are so that their life could be changed today. Uh, God, thanks for changing my life and for so many people's lives in the room today. Um, we're just believing that you're gonna do something special over these next few moments. I pray and ask those things in your son Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.